Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Grenada re-elected to Executive Board of UNESCO. St. Kitts and Nevis opens Embassy in Abu Dhabi. COVID-19 drops maritime freight figures in Latin America and the Caribbean. Summit to boost regional UK trade and World Bank recommendations not enough for Caribbean countries to prepare for new climate shocks. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, November 19th. We start our report today in Grenada. Now Grenada reports that Grenada has been re-elected to serve on the executive board of the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization for the term 2021 to 2025. At the 44th session of the General Conference of UNESCO, now underway in Paris, France, Grenada secured one of three seats reserved for CARICOM countries within the Latin America and Caribbean group on the executive board of UNESCO. The other two CARICOM member states elected were Haiti and St. Lucia. As a member of the executive board for the term 2017 to 2021, and in spite of the challenging circumstances due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Grenada, through its permanent delegation to UNESCO, actively contributed to advancing the cause of small island developing states and other priorities of UNESCO's mandate. These priorities include quality and higher education, ocean management and risk prevention, access to science and innovation, building inclusive knowledge societies, the fight against doping in sport, the promotion of diversity and cultural expression, and the preservation of the natural, tangible, and intangible cultural heritage. Grenada has also been an active elected member of several intergovernmental bodies of UNESCO. The uncertainties of the global situation linked to the COVID-19 pandemic have made it imperative for an active and effective presence on the UNESCO Executive Board to further develop and build on achievements for the benefit of UNESCO's priority areas and those of particular significance to Grenada and the wider Caribbean community. UNESCO seeks to build peace through international cooperation in education, the sciences, culture, communication, and information. UNESCO's program contributes to the achievement of the Sustainable Development Goals defined in Agenda 2030, adopted by the UN General Assembly in 2015. The UNESCO Executive Board is made up of 58 members, each elected for a four-year term. The St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports that St. Kitts Nevis has opened an embassy in Abu Dhabi, with Prime Minister Dr. Timothy Harris saying that it will help the strengthening of the relationship between the Caribbean country and the United Arab Emirates. A government statement said that Harris, who is attending the Expo 2020 in Dubai, signed the agreement with the Minister of State in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and International Corporation of the United Arab Emirates, Khalifa Shaheen Alamara. The opening of the Federation's embassy in Abu Dhabi which was previously delayed as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, will help in the strengthening of the relationship between the governments and peoples of St. Kitts and Nevis and the United Arab Emirates, according to the statement. 
Earlier, Prime Minister Harris said that the Federation participated in Expo 2020, provides visitors more than just a glimpse of the culture and heritage aspects of the country. Expo 2020 gave voice to our abilities and ambitions and allowed us to exchange ideas and to create opportunities to become more connected partners. This is consistent with the theme of connecting minds, creating futures, Prime Minister Harris said. St. Kitts and Nevis is working towards becoming a sustainable and eco-friendly tourism destination. Hence, our strategic focus drew an Expo 2020 on sustainability. We are a small nation with big ambitions. We are resolved to reducing our dependency on fossil fuels by reorienting our policies, our investments, and legislative agenda to accommodate wind, solar, and geothermal energy, he added. The Virgin Islands Free Press reports that maritime freight loaded and discharged in Latin America and the Caribbean is estimated to have fallen by 3.4 percent between 2019 and 2020, according to the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development, reviews of the Maritime Transport 2021 published today. This was a period when the exports and imports fell in almost all regions due to the COVID-19 pandemic. In Latin America, GDP was down by 7.1% in 2020, while total merchandise exports and imports both declined, with imports being hit harder. The region container port traffic declined by 1.8% in 2020, with volumes totaling 59 million 20-foot equivalent unit, equivalent to 7.2% of global port container traffic. The spread of performance of port varies greatly. The top 10 countries, according to the number of port terminals, Brazil tops with 306, Mexico, Argentina, Chile, Peru, Colombia, Paraguay, Venezuela, Panama, and Cuba together account for 74% of the region's port facilities. On the other side of the picture, 15 countries and territories have five or fewer port facilities each. Antigua and Barbuda, Bermuda, Belize, Barbados, Turks and Caicos Islands, El Salvador, Aruba, Bonaire, Cayman Islands, Dominica, Anguilla, Montserrat, St. Eustatia, St. Bart's and St. Martin. The report notes that the port system differs across the regions in terms of maturity and productivity. Logistics and port services are provided through 1,967 port facilities across 50 countries and territories in the region, of which just under two-thirds are certified as compliant with the International Ship and Port Facility Security Code. Barbados Today reports that a high-level virtual summit is taking place on November 24th. That will help Caribbean islands and UK businesses capitalize on trade and investment opportunities under the recent Economic Partnership Agreement, EPA, between the United Kingdom and 14 Caribbean countries in the Caribbean Forum, CARIFORM. The Caribbean Export Development Agency 
in partnership with the UK Department of International Trade, will host a virtual summit bringing together businesses, investors, and trade promotions exports to explore doing business under the CARIFORM UK EPA. There will be presentations from Barbados's Prime Minister Mia Motley, UK Minister for International Trade, and Trade Commissioner of Latin America and the Caribbean, Jonathan Knott. This event marks the beginning of a new chapter in the trade and investment relation between the Caribbean and the UK. The agreement offers huge opportunities for business on both sides of the Atlantic and will help create jobs, said Diodat Maharaj, Executive Director of Caribbean Export. The Caribbean Export Development Agency, as the lead regional institution for promoting Caribbean trade, global and steering investments is pleased to support this initiative and excited with the high interest shown by the private sector across our region. We are committed to building on this foundation, he continued. Carafom UK EPA, which came into effect on January 1st, 2020, secures continuity for trade and preservation of market access between Cariform and the UK, providing predictability and vital assurance to businesses, consumers, and investors. The new EPA provides a platform to deepen and forge even closer ties between UK and Caribbean businesses. The summit follows the inaugural meeting of the Carifarm UK EPA's Ministerial Joint Council, scheduled for November 22nd. Senior officials from the UK and all Carifarm states held a successful first meeting of the EPA's Trade and Development Committee in October. Caribbean Export will present key findings of a recent study on Cariform UK trade trends and opportunities. The Cariform Directorate and the UK Department for International Trade will provide an update on the implementation of the EPA for trade-related growth and development. Caribbean and UK business leaders will discuss trading goods and services under the EPA in key sectors. Antigua Newsroom reports that a new analysis by the World Bank provides a troubling analysis of the new shocks that Caribbean countries can expect from the worsening effects of climate change, particularly as there is no slowing down its magnitude. But recommendations place the entire burden of preparation for these new shots entirely on the governments that are already faced with beleaguered economies. Nowhere in the analysis entitled 360 Resilience, a guide to prepare the Caribbean for a new generation of shocks, is there any recommendation that the World Bank the International Monetary Fund, or the major polluting countries should do more to help these countries, which are victims of the conditions of climate change and global warming, to which they are the least contributors. In its introduction, the analysis states quite clearly that Caribbean countries are not prepared for the new challenges posed by climate change, compounded by uncertainty on future tourism markets and a lack of fiscal space. The strategies that have worked in the past will not be enough in the future. 
Climate change threatens to intensify natural hazards and bring new sources of volatility through impacts on health, agricultural yields, and coastal landscapes. Investigating each country towards 2050, less than 30 years away, the analysis suggests that even with moderate CO2 emissions, 13% of nearshore hotels will experience beach loss, resulting in 17% decrease in tourism revenues for the region by 2050. Specifically, the analysis projects that in the absence of adaptation by 2050, countries like Trinidad and Tobago, Antigua and Barbuda, St. Lucia, and the Bahamas will see large portions of hotels unable to profit from proximity to a sandy beach. The scenario is equally troubling with regards to flooding, loss of land mass from sea level rise, the impact of hurricanes, financial instability, and other socioeconomic effects, such as the loss of skilled workers through migration. The report makes three broad recommendations for governments to build resilience to the new generation of shocks that it anticipates is coming. These are increase government efficiency, empower households and private sector, and reduce future physical risk. Each of these recommendations are high cost and require funding that Caribbean governments do not have, particularly in the current COVID-19 crisis, whose effect will last for years to come. The analysis admits that the 2008 global financial crisis and the COVID-19 pandemic has had a devastating effect with debt to GDP ratios increasing by approximately 15% between 2008 and 2010. It also records that the pandemic's impact on debt to GDP ratio has been adverse apart from Guyana, which started producing oil in 2020. All countries saw an increase in debt to GDP ratio between 2019 to 2020. Against this backdrop, it is nearly impossible to figure out how governments could pay to implement the recommendations in the report, particularly as the Paris Club, a group of powerful countries, is refusing to write off or reschedule burdensome debt. Additionally, the IMF, World Bank, and other European-based agencies continue to impose the criterion of per capita income rather than evident vulnerability for access to concessionary financing. The report is valuable for the data it provides, showing that a large portion of the region's assets is exposed to hurricanes and landslides, and that a significant portion is also exposed to floods and earthquakes, all of which are set to worsen. The analysis solidifies, substantiates that the region is vulnerable. However, it falls short by missing the essential point that, given the battering these economies have had over the last 40 years, plus the significant socioeconomic and financial blows that they have endured from COVID-19, international assistance is urgently required. And finally, Market Research Telecast reports that a United Nations official will arrive today in Puerto Rico to
to examine the human rights situation experienced by minority groups on the Caribbean island, according to a statement released by the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU. The UN Special Rapporteur on Minority Affairs, Ferdinand de Farimez, will visit Puerto Rico Friday and Saturday in response to an invitation he received to travel to the United States to examine the status of minority groups regarding the government's compliance with human rights. Executive Director of the ACLU in Puerto Rico, William Ramirez, pointed out that debts related to police interventions due to the unjust use of force and the performance of law enforcement agencies marked by racial prejudice are not only recorded in the United States. The Puerto Rico police, according to the ACLU statement, has also engaged in this conduct, which led in part to launch on the island one of the most important reform agreements in the history of the Civil Rights Division from the United States Department of Justice. Furthermore, the ACLU continues in Puerto Rico. Events to conduct marked by racial discrimination persist without the government making available mechanisms to provide effective remedies. Against this backdrop, ACLU Puerto Rico and the Human Rights Center of the Inter-American University School of Law collaborate to facilitate the work of the rapporteur during his stay on the island. The visit of the human rights expert to Puerto Rico will also serve to illustrate the political, social, and economic conditions that have motivated for more than a century the continuous migration from Puerto Rico, a group that is part of the minorities within the United States. The experts assigned to the Office of the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights will examine the legislation that protects human rights or the lack of it, public policy and practices that adversely impact the coexistence of minority groups. In addition, it will examine the prevalence and government response to hate crimes through social media. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, November 19th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook.